0: Were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who set its measurements, since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? This is Good Heavens, a podcast about the cosmos and the glory of God. Greetings, good heavens family. Dan here with some quick updates on several recent discoveries by the new James Webb Space Telescope, which was launched on Christmas of 2021. So I'll just jump right in here. What Webb is finding is precisely what King David describes about the heavens in Psalm 19. Namely, that they are unceasingly declaring the glory of God, and that they are, day and night, pouring forth speech and knowledge. You might think of the James Webb Space Telescope as but a red Solo cup, and the universe as all the combined oceans and seas on our planet. Every cupful seems to be revealing something extraordinary and never before seen by human eyes. I will link a summary of these findings in the notes of this episode and what I'll mention here are just four of the mind-blowing and extraordinary discoveries from the James Webb Space Telescope over the past year. I will put links to these images in the notes of this episode. So where to begin? Let's talk about clusters of galaxies. But first, what is a galaxy? In very layman's terms, think of galaxies as islands of billions of stars surrounding a very hot, dense core called a black hole. A black hole is an unseen, nearly infinitely massive, and by massive, it is full of stuff, full of mass. Black holes are like robotic vacuum cleaners of the heavens. Stuff blows up, and the black holes are there for the cleanup taking away excess debris and enabling galaxies to take the shapes that they do. If you have ever seen water going down a drain, for example, you can think of the water like stars and the mass of gas and dust in the galaxy, and the drain as the black hole itself. So, galaxies have bajillions of stars in them. No one has ever fully counted them. God's challenge to Abram still stands, count the stars if you are able, Scientists can only estimate how many stars are in a galaxy, but there are bajillions of galaxies in the universe. Now, I say bajillions because even if I said billions or trillions, it's a number that goes far beyond our ability to really comprehend or imagine. In keeping with the spirit of Ephesians 3.20, where we read that God can and does do exceedingly above and beyond anything that we can ask or imagine. The Webb Telescope discoveries are certainly reminding me of the unimaginable, unfathomable, inexhaustible glory of God. So a recent pretty picture from the web brings all this glory down to Earth. In a cluster of galaxies astronomers call Pandora's cluster is a landscape image of some 50,000 galaxies all shining in glorious infrared. Now, infrared light is not light that we can see with our eyes, it's invisible to us. I personally find the idea of invisible light as a fantastic analogy for the Christian faith. There is a light beyond this world that illumines our own, a light that has no need of the sun, a light that blinded Saul on the road to Damascus, a light that illumines the stars, that governs the day and night, a light that radiates from the bright and morning star himself. And with the proper lens of scripture, we too can see this light in a way that condescends to our creaturely eyesight. But consider this image, 50,000 galaxies radiating light, unable to be seen by the human eye. Now why would God do this? Why would God make light that we can't see? Well, the simple answer is for His glory, really. Proverbs 25.2 tells us that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. So great are the works of the Lord, they are studied by all who delight in them, writes the psalmist in the second verse of Psalm 111. So finally, God hides things for his glory and for our delight. Who doesn't like discovering stuff? Now, what's also interesting about Pandora's cluster is that it's massive. And by massive, I don't mean here huge or large, though the cluster certainly is that. But by massive, I just mean that it is filled with stuff. It has mass. There is so much mass in this cluster, in fact, both seen and unseen, that it is actually warping the invisible space-time fabric. Think of a bowling ball on a trampoline. The ball has mass and the trampoline is the fabric, bent and warped and curved by the mass of the ball. But in the Pandora cluster, there are some 50,000 galactic bowling ball-like galaxies resting within the netted fabric of space. This warping actually acts as a lens that magnifies even more distant galaxies behind the cluster. Now, it is perhaps a curious coincidence that the word for glory in Hebrew, kabod, has connotations of weightiness. Now, this weightiness is something like solemnity or severity or renown. It would be a weighty matter, for example, for you to meet a president or a king or an astronaut, somebody famous. You would feel the weight of such an in-person encounter and remember it. Now, the biblical word kabod has nothing to do with the scientific idea of mass, but weightiness in terms of the mass of cosmic objects is, I think, nonetheless, a fitting analogy to the weightiness of God's glory. And the Greek word for glory, doxa, has connotations of brightness. God's glory, then, is resplendently represented, poetically we might say, through the heavens. The heavens are known throughout the world. They have renown. They are luminous and stunningly breathtaking. So God has demonstrated and declared his glory to everyone through what he has made in the heavens. As one astronomer said upon seeing the Pandora cluster in infrared light through Webb's lens, My first reaction to the image was that it was so beautiful, it looked like a galaxy formation simulation. We had to remind ourselves that this was real data and that we are working in a new era of astronomy now, end quote. The image of these 50,000 galaxies in infrared light is so stunning, the astronomers had to remind themselves it wasn't a simulation. But they were instantly reminded of beauty. That's the first thing that strikes any of us, I think, when we look at this incredible image. Beauty. Stunning, unimaginable, incomprehensible, Rather frightening beauty. And this is but just one scoop from the vastness of the cosmos. there is another small scoop, planet VHS-1256b. So when was the last time you heard the acronym VHS? No, this isn't a videotape from 1993. But an exoplanet, the name of an exoplanet which orbits a binary star pair. Think Tatooine and Star Wars. VHS-1256b is an exoplanet that is four times the distance from its host stars than Pluto is from our Sun. Webb has spotted some cloud features in this planet, which included traces of silicate dust particles. Think really superheated sand or dust grains from a volcano. Scientists also detected clear signatures of water, carbon monoxide, and magnesium in the planet's atmosphere. Astronomers who study the planet note that, quote, the atmosphere is constantly rising, mixing, and moving during its 22-hour day bringing hotter material up and pushing colder material down. The resulting brightness changes are so dramatic that it is the most variable planetary mass object known to date." End quote. In short, in all of the several thousand known exoplanets, that is, planets outside our solar system, no one has ever seen such dramatic fluctuations of brightness emanating from the surface of a planet before. This is a first. Now, no one really knows what's causing such dramatic light shows, but of course God does. He is the Father of lights, the Bible tells us, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He can and does turn our darkness into light, for the light and the darkness are alike to him. He is the light of the world, the bright and morning star, the sun of righteousness, our sun and shield. This small planetary discovery reminds me that while science may at times seem like it knows virtually everything there is to know about the universe, along comes a solitary wanderer with a never-before-seen light show in its cloud tops and befuddles our imaginations. This is not to say we'll never know, but it is to emphasize what the preacher says in Ecclesiastes, namely that God, quote, has made everything appropriate in its time he has also set eternity in their heart without the possibility that mankind will find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end, end quote. In other words, man can know something about what God has done, but God has reserved the right to be the only one who knows everything. Our knowledge of the heavens will never be exhaustive. That doesn't mean we can't explore them. It just means that God is the only one who will ever know everything about them. Despite our best technologies and data interpretation, cosmic mysteries will remain until Jesus returns. As the Apostle Paul joyfully proclaims at the end of the 11th chapter of Romans, quote, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. End quote. And then there's the gem uncovered in June of 2022. My goodness, the picture takes your breath away. It is a portrait of a Wolf-Rayet star, technically Wolf-Rayet 124, located in the constellation Sagata, the Arrow. A Wolf-Rayet star is one of the most massive and most luminous of stars known today. In the middle of this image taken by the Webb Telescope is a blindingly bright star surrounded by enormous waves of gas and dust flying away from the star in every direction. The whole thing looks like a super luminous cosmic snowflake. It really does look like a snowflake, of course only this thing is significantly brighter and a little bigger. The wonderful thing about this particular picture is that astronomers believe it may be a star in its final stages before it explodes into a cataclysmic supernova. The gas and dust being ejected from the star appear in the web as infrared light, meaning the gas and dust have cooled as they've receded from the star. It is truly a stunning image. Now, this particular image brings to mind one of the ways that Jesus is described in Scripture. Balaam saw Jesus as a star rising out of Jacob. In the book of Revelation, he is described as the bright and morning star. In Malachi, he is described as the son of righteousness. In John's gospel, he is the light of the world. And in the Psalms, Jesus is our sun and shield. He is the radiant glory of God, the radiant Savior, Creator, and Lord of the cosmos and everything it contains. Like Webb's snapshot of what may very well be the final stage before a star's spectacular death, the Gospel accounts of Jesus give us a portrait of God's glory in Christ before and after his death. The light of Christ is the light that enlightens every man, and despite the world's contempt of him and the otherworldly light of his truth which shines in the darkness of this world, the darkness neither understood nor overcame Christ's light. They put him to death, but his death and subsequent resurrection became the centerpiece of human history. More luminous and more powerful than the most massive supernova explosion, more weighty and glorious than the universe itself. Webb also peered through the dust of a distant galaxy, NGC 7469, in the constellation of Pegasus. Near the center of the galaxy, through the dusty infrared, Webb found a brilliant bright ring of what astronomers believe to be star-forming regions. Now, in truth, there is not any conclusive evidence that new stars are still forming. It is still a theory that new stars form. It is also based on the assumption that stars evolved from a long, slow, gradual process. But much of star formation theory itself is still relatively unknown and mysterious. It would seem from what we read in Genesis that God created the stars in a single moment on day four. Now, this is not to say God couldn't or does not make new stars today. He very well might. But from a purely scientific perspective, there is still a great deal of unknown and unsolved mystery of how bajillions of stars could just come about naturally. Whatever the case may be, the circle of stars at the heart of NGC 7469 reminds me of how the Bible sometimes poetically refers to us as stars. See Daniel 12.3, Genesis 15.5, Matthew 5.14-16, 5, and Philippians 2.15. One day we will all be gathered around the throne in eternity in unveiled worship of the risen and glorified Lord Jesus Christ. What we could only see in part by faith here on earth will one day be brought into full view. Now, truly contemplating what God's glory revealed to us in eternity will be like is honestly not a little frightening and gives me a sense of my own unworthiness and sin. But our acceptance in the Beloved, however, is not because of what we have done, but because of what the Lamb of God has done for us. The science of the universe is fascinating and wonderful, but it is only a fraction of the story. Science cannot finally keep up with the silent speech and knowledge that is daily and nightly pouring forth from the heavens above. Nor, tragically, does science acknowledge the One who created it all. We here at Good Heavens hope these episodes will encourage you to think biblically and redemptively about creation and to engage your unbelieving neighbors and family members with the truth of God's glory in creation and in, ultimately, Christ Jesus our Lord. If there is an astronomy or cosmology topic you'd like to hear Wayne and I discuss, just drop us a line at psalm1968 at gmail.com. That's psalm1968 at gmail.com. And Wayne or I will get back with you. And we will probably likely, if it's a good topic, cover it in an upcoming episode. For Good Heavens and Wayne, I'm Daniel Ray. Soli Deo Gloria.